Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and today I have a great conversation with Rebecca Linney. So thank you, Rebecca, for coming on. My pleasure. Good to, good to see you and chat with you. Yes, looking forward to our conversation because this is a fun one. This is a very important part. That's a very niche area of our society that we just tend to get lost because they tend to be so sleepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tell us about what you're doing, what you've written, and kind of where you're at with your journey. So I have written a children's book called The Growing Bed. It's a children's fictional book, but it is based completely on the true story of my little boy who didn't sleep well, didn't sleep through the night till he was about four years old. So my husband and I were very tired for a very long time. (laughs) And, uh, and his struggle with, you know, wanting to be a kid that's bigger and can do the things that little kids want to do coupled with our struggle as parents of not getting enough sleep, kind of put the two and two of those together and came up with this concept of the growing bed and after enough friends kind of elbowing me to, to put this nice. into a book form, I finally did it. Nice. How old is he now? He is almost nine. He'll be nine later this month. Awesome. Awesome. What a journey. So you've had a little more night's sleep. So you've been able to think more clearly and <laughs> actually. Yes. Right. Yeah. There. And we, you know, we, we didn't luck out on getting a good sleeper, but my son is very good at doing things that a lot of other children have struggled with. He was always fine taking his medicine. He was always fine getting a haircut and, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting through church quietly and things like that. So he was great in a lot of things that other kids struggled in, but sleep, which is something that affects the whole family um, and coworkers and friends and neighbors in a, in a you know, six degrees of separation kind of way was, was just not his forte. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that season. So birth to four, you guys have this newborn baby. And at first that's normal, the sleepless nights, the, when did it kind of go, okay, something's just not work. This isn't working. Well, this, the odds were stacked a bit against my son in all fairness. My husband was still traveling quite a bit for work, probably the first two years of my son's life. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I wasn't a single mom by any means, but I was doing a lot of the nighttime routines and whatnot by myself. Mm -hmm. And when you only have one, I think that tendency to like, kind of give in and let them sleep with you or sleep in the crib right next to you is a little uh, more common than, than not. And then we would travel as a family quite a bit, uh, with my son. So he would get in these great sleeping habits and then we'd end up on an airplane or in a hotel or on a boat or things like that. And it would just kind of throw things off. We were like many parents in the beginning, naive thinking, Oh, we're going to have a kid and it's not going to slow us down at all. (laughs) We're going to do everything we used to do. We're just going to bring the kid in tow. And we did that for Eventually. the for the most part, but it it was not the same. Yeah, right. it wasn't the same. So, so then, what kind of did you have to give up some stuff? Like, what did you have to end up sacrificing along the way? Well, well besides sleep, right. <laughs> a sleep, lot of yes. sleep. Um, and then we we realized we were turning into the friends we used to kind of like chuckle about. You know, before you have a son. And you'll have friends who already have children and they're like, oh, can we, well, let's get together for a double date, but let's have dinner at like six. And we're like, dinner at six? That's, 
we have dinner at eight. And now we were the people becoming uh, those asking to have dinner at six so that we didn't throw off the nighttime routine. You know what I mean? Or scheduling errands or lunches or working out or whatnot around the baby's sleep routine. We, we quickly became those, those parents, which I think every new family kind of has to go through that. They have to learn that on their own, you know, even as a parent of an older child, um, you know, we see some families and you're like, I would never let my kid have an iPad at the dinner table. And then as soon as you say, I will never let my kid fill in the blank, rest be sure your kid will end up doing that. Yeah. Unless you actually strategize and make a plan, which like with sleeping, most of the time we're not strategizing, making a plan. We're surviving. Right. Right. And that can go for years of surviving, not actually being intentional. So is this book then it's for kids, but it's an intentional, is it a plan or is it meant to introduce conversation? uh, I like that word. I would say, yes, it is a plan. So what we realized is that my son, um, it, even to this day, but especially when he was like three, four years old, what it was smaller than the average American child his age. And I say American child because my husband's British. So he was actually very very normal size for a British child, but no surprise that in America, our standards are a bit stretched, you know? So (laughs) for an American child, he was a bit small for his age. So he was struggling understanding why his friends who were his age or younger were able to go on the roller coasters, were able to go um, on the monkey bars, down the water slide. They got a booster seat, all those things before him. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm older. Why is, I don't get it. So that was his pain point. And then obviously our pain point being extremely tired all the time. And I'm sure in some sleep deprived state at 2 a.m. in the morning, I kind of came up with this concept of the growing bed and tried to explain to him, you know, when you come into mommy and daddy's bed, we are done growing. We're grownups. So we go to bed to relax and to recharge. When you go to bed, it's to grow. So when you're in our bed, you're not growing. You're in the wrong bed. And it was like this light bulb moment for him. The concept finally clicked and he realized, okay, if I sleep in my bed, which is the growing bed, I, and obviously we know as they sleep, inevitably they're going to get bigger and grow and things like that. But it was kind of putting this magical appeal to his bed that he hadn't. Oh, it's a great, great picture. Picture of that. That's I love that so much. Thank you. Thanks. And then we figured out a way for that to transfer to, if we go on vacation and we're at a hotel or if he spends the night at grandma's or things like that by the, the sweet little good night kiss he gets at the end of the night, just activates any bed into a growing bed. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. I love that. I like that word magical too. It's very, very much appealing to where they're at developmentally, sure. emotionally. Um, yeah. And you're trying to help them do something that's actually really, really, really critical for their development. Right, right. It helps kind of appease that, not instant gratification, but, you know, at a very early age, kids learn if I do X, then I'll get Y. You know, if I eat all my veggies, I get dessert. If I stand in line, I get to go on the rides kind of thing. So it's um, it's a somewhat black and white way of explaining that you're not missing out on anything by going to bed. You're actually gaining something by going to bed. Yeah. And it's, I mean, if you think of who this books, the audience of this book, there's a lot of people that this was not an issue with their kids. Mm. So that's not the audience. Right. <laughs> it's for those families that are really struggling with 
a good tool language to know how to love their kids but set boundaries now we we didn't have this same kind of issue but when we're kids were struggling or sick or um, kind of certain emotional moments as they were growing up they'd come into our room one of the rules we have is they never got in our bed they would sleep Mm -hmm. on a pallet next to us Mm -hmm. and they quickly wanted back to their comfortable bed a few days later yeah versus making it comfortable for them means they're going to stay longer Yes. And families figure that out. But I like this picture that you're talking about from your book of the growing bed and how there's something actually magical and there is about Mm. how when you sleep, but putting it into their bed, when you sleep, your body is doing something actually miraculous. Right. Yeah. And that's a cool thing about just understanding the body that he'll continue to to learn as he gets older. So it's not like he gets taken away later, but and he, we still use it quite often. You, you just asked how old my son is and he's almost nine. And literally a few weeks ago, we went on a family vacation. We get a hotel room with two beds because it's just the three of us. And the very first thing we do when we walk into the hotel room is he picks which of the two beds is his growing bed. So we nice. still use that concept today. Love, it. I love today. it. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the tools that we use out there just across the board, even psychology mm-hmm. junk that seems to some of it so crazy, but a lot of it comes from you and I struggling through something and coming up with an idea and a concept and even testing it. And that's where yeah. it becomes something um, that others grab onto and it becomes known. So this is a really great way and a great tool of a children's book to then introduce to them a concept that, that lands for them, if you will. Yeah. Well, thank you. It also um, touches briefly. It wasn't, it wasn't an intended objective of the book, but it, it kind of came to be that way on uh, the beginning stages of teaching kids about empathy as well, because the little boy learns that he learns from his mom, you know, mommy and daddy are sad in the morning when we don't sleep well, we don't, you know, we're not at our best, just like you're not at our best. And I don't think there's a little kid in the world who wants to intentionally make mommy and daddy sad or, or intentionally prevent them from getting a good night's rest. So it kind of starts that conversation of, of your actions have effects on other people in the family, not just you. That's great. Yeah. That's neat to see how, so as you put it together, that became an unintended Mm another tool because again what i love about children's books and the we're, we're past the stage where we have the little bookshelf with all their kids books but uh-huh. you take them off the shelf and you open them it's so much more than what's in this book sure it's about as a parent what we whether we make it into voices or whether we you know get creative within the conversations that come from it mm-hmm. the questions they ask while the you're flipping the pages yes. mm-hmm. and then it's so cool to watch their brains memorize them and then they can quote them you know certain ones it's just neat to see how they absorb stuff so so readily at those young ages definitely and like i like the fact that you keep using the word tool because Mm -hmm. it is just i mean us as parents we need the biggest tool belt we can get right and i tried everything to get well obviously not everything i tried (laughs) many, many things to get my son to sleep. I spent hundreds of dollars on a sleep trainer. I bought a metronome. If you had told me to bathe my son in a pool of jello and he would sleep well, I, I would have said, what color, what flavor? Tell yeah. me, I'm in. <laughs> yes. And, yes. you know, and you, you just try different things that work and then some things work for a little bit and then they stop working. And, um, you know, this, 
this concept of the growing bed might not work for every family, right. but it worked for our family and it's worked for quite a few families in our, in our bubble. Right. So, you know, it's just one more mm -hmm. tool in our parental tool belt, if you will, that, uh, you know, when we're, when we're negotiating with the kids, which we all do at some point, right. uh, we can, we can pull that tool out. Well, it's interesting. I had a client one years and years ago. Um, yeah, almost, I guess, 18 years ago. Um, he's married now and actually just had his first kid. Um, but he came to see me because he'd walked in to the living room as his parents was, they were watching a horror movie. Mm. And so he walked in and there's all these zombies and he's just petrified and right. goes and hides in one of the siblings' rooms. And then it's weeks of this inability to sleep and can't sleep alone and can't. And then I came up with this brilliant idea. At least I thought it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. I said, let's get the DVD. Let's rent it again. And mm -hmm. let's watch the extras where they show you the hours of makeup. Sure. And so this kid, I let the parents do it. I didn't do it. Yeah. Watch the extras as they spent hours in the makeup chair from like 4 a.m. until 8 and then mm -hmm. they go do their scenes and it demystified right. zombies and he slept through the night just fine. And he was good. Yeah. It takes the scariness out of it. Yeah. It's kind of that, that came to me became something that's a tool I've used over the years with different families. And this is another one that actually even now meeting you, I'm sure I will reference back to the growing bed. And um, I've always add books to my lists that I give out mm -hmm. to people. And so this is a really great tool. The growing I've bed. got a, a friend who's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She, she actually did one of the reviews for the book that's on the website. And she appreciates the fact that it's a conversation about sleep with the mom and the dad. And it's not just the mom and dad talking to or, or yelling at or speaking to the kid it's a conversation about sleep you know Andy the little boy in the book is like well why is it this way and how does that affect you know how does sleep affect a roller coaster you know it's a conversation because it really does affect the whole family you know if, if I as the parent if I don't get the best sleep I'm not the best wife I'm not the best employee I'm not the best mom I'm not the best version of whatever I need to be in that given moment. And the children are the same way. You know, we give them much more grace than we give ourselves <laughs> because they are children and probably because we feel a little guilty, but at the end of the day, they're not their best, their best versions of themselves either if they're not getting the right sleep. So it is a, a family issue, if you will. Right. I know I've, I have a son who um, when they were young, we had a little MacBook or Mac mini a couple websites they could go to mm -hmm. but as soon as they touched my wife's laptop and saw the internet was faster <laughs> like this thing's a piece of junk it's like how <laughs> do you know that at two or three fast forward yeah. to teen middle school and he got mad because the internet was slow and just punched the tv and shattered oh. it oh boy and it was like okay you're paying for that yeah and so he actually <laughs> helped paint the exterior of our house we spent one summer, the whole family painting and I'm checking his hours and I'm making sure yeah. it hurts to earn back sure. that privilege, but also to pay for what he broke. And, mm -hmm. um, and these things are, that's that conversation mm -hmm. as part of it was, so you're going to pay for it. So how we're going to be painting. And so we actually paid the other kids and then paid him for the hours beyond what he, so he mm -hmm. could see that it hurt. Sure. And all this is a conversation. So that's a great, what your, your friend pointed out is 
it's a very different story when it's just parents talking down. There's a lot of cultures that that's kids are to be seen and not heard. Sure. And they don't have a voice. They're almost like property. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the beautiful things that we're at, we've been at in America, I feel like we're going backwards some, but with that is the kids need to be able to be listened and be in relationship with us. They're still not the center. Very much so when they're younger, they kind of are, sure. but sure. Yeah. yeah. So you've created a great tool. So what are some other dreams you have from this book and becoming an author and what has this done for you and what's well, next? It's, it's kind of funny. I, my husband had a great quote a few years ago and we're cooking dinner one night and he, you know, I had just gotten the delivery of the first book. They send you just one to like touch and feel and look through and make sure I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's real, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and he's cooking dinner and he's like, huh, I'm married to an author. I didn't see that coming. And I was like, what? Thank you. I, question mark. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. But, but I, I know why he said it, you know, it was never on my bucket list to become an author. I was, I hate that phrase, just a mom, because being just a mom is really hard, but, um, but I was a mom. I was, I I was working, I had other businesses, other business ventures, and then had this idea as a mom. And like we said before, you you talk about it with your little mom village and in your circle of friends and things like that. And everyone says, oh, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. And then I actually had um, the turning point was I had a good girlfriend who I knew professionally. She was writing a book, completely different field. I think it was a, a more autobiographical and and I, I said to myself, I said, well, if she can write a book. Why can't I? And not in a, not in a mean girl kind of, right. if she right. can do it, I can do it. It was more <laughs> yes. like, well, this is a real person I know in my real life. And she's about to, you know, write and publish a book. What's stopping me? So she put me in touch with her publisher and, you know, as cheesy as it, as it sounds, the rest is history kind of thing. But, um, it's funny. I never thought I would be asked, do you have plans for another book? But you know, when you're dating someone for a long time, all you get asked is when are you getting married? And then you get married. (laughs) When are you having a baby? (laughs) And you have a baby. When are you having another baby? (laughs) It turns out when you write a book, everyone asks you, when is your next book coming out? And it's like, well, let me just have a little fun with this one. Let's, let's get this one off the ground and, and doing well. And so I do have a few other ideas bouncing around in my head. Um, you know, if, if someone said you have six months to write a book or we're never putting it on the shelf again, <laughs> I could do it, no. but I'm really enjoying the process of this one. I enjoyed this process from start to finish. Not that it's ever really finished until you sell them all, but, um, but it, it's been a wonderful process. So I, I'm not rushing to get back to, to the press yet. Yeah. When I published my first book, the, one of my colleagues where I teach university, his first words were, so what's the next one? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a big book. And it's like, what's your, and I remember thinking exactly like, let me celebrate. Let me enjoy. Right. Let me. Right. He's like, nope, that's not how it works. Once you produce, it's, and it's like having a baby because you mm-hmm. birth pains to make it. And right. then you make another, it's like, yeah, and that's the way the world is. Sometimes sure. you need to pull away from the world and kind of go, hey, right. you guys chill and enjoy but also sometimes it's the birth of something way bigger than you could ever imagine too 
so and then you've written more than one book two Mm -hmm. okay are they related would you call them a series like was one a part one part two kind of thing the first one was i can't say that for parents uh, going going beyond the talk a Mm -hmm. biblical sexual ethic on gender Mm -hmm. sexuality so it's the parent book for them to figure out what they believe about gender and sexuality from the bible Mm -hmm. second one is for the teenager the hands of the teenager so same kind of content but really a little different. So, and then I speak different, on that. From a different perspective, yeah. yeah. So my, the ideas I've got tossing around are about, they would be children related, but they have nothing to do with sleep. Um, right, right, good. There would just be other, they would be in the way that this was something that worked for our family and something that we kind of had fun and struggled with. The, these are other things that right. our family that. have experienced and gone through. So the only thing related would be probably the main character in the story, but um, I like that. That's actually, yeah. expands you like my next one I'm working on is for a marriage one on the healing marriage, but then I also have another one going that's on abnormal psychology mm. you know, on how to in ministry, those that are in ministry understand all these disorders mm. that seem so confusing, how to put it in just kind of layman's terms. Sure. So, and and I, 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 get, I get nervous too, because I don't want anyone to think that I think I'm a parenting expert, you know, obviously right. I wrote a book about a kid who didn't sleep. I did write a book about a kid who slept really, really well. <laughs> yes. I wrote a book about a kid who didn't sleep. Okay. Exactly. So I, I would hate to, um, and I don't really think it, it for anyone who knows me, I don't think they would think I was coming off as I'm some great, fabulous parent. (laughs) Like again, writing a book about something I didn't do well, which was get my kid to sleep. So it's a tool um, that you came up with. It does make you an expert, but it doesn't (laughs) make you an expert because I lived through it, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Because if you think of parenting, there are zero parents that would have the clout to lead other parents if it required a hundred percent success rate and never having done anything wrong. True. Very true. So it's like, no, we learn sometimes the most through trials, through mm-hmm. struggles, um, through difficult seasons. Right. Um, our marriage was tested. My wife and I, we married 19 years in those first few years of me being in and out of hospitals, in and out of hospitals, and, and just blood transfusion after blood, you know, doctor after doctor. Um, that was a trial all the way from our before we got married dating all the way through the birth of our third kid i'm still Mm. dealing with that Mm. that's a trial yeah but we look back with fondness of those seasons because we remember the good things and because of how strong our marriage was Mm. the bad things were they're there but they aren't this huge traumatic right so sometimes the lack of sleep and the lack of memory actually is a good thing (laughs) (laughs) because because it is a tough season they actually say the most unhealthy pe- person in America is mom of a to- is a mom of a toddler. I believe it. I believe it. If you would, if I thought I would not get arrested, I would have laid down on the floor at a Costco or a Ralph's or a Kroger and taken a nap. Like if I, I was so tired sometimes, I, you know, and most parents have been there at some point. Um, I've heard even the best sleepers regress at times when they move or a new sibling comes along or, or things like that. But uh, it, there's a reason sleep deprivation is a method of torture. Yes, <laughs> it really is. Which means really every parent is going through that. Mm-hmm. Moms more so than any. And you mentioned earlier, just a mom. I hear that from college students all the time. I'm a professor and they'll yeah. come in and they'll like, 
why am I here? I just want to be a mom. And I'm like, why did you say the word just? I always mm -hmm. ask them that question. And they've been indoctrinated that their identity is supposed to be money producing only. Right, right. Like that is beautiful. We That is the hardest job on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it's sickening that we've actually made that such a almost negative or like you sure. said, right. You're being a wife. And it's like, I, I, when we first found out we were having our first, our decision was I would stay home and she would work because I was so, so bad off health wise. Mm. And that's not the story you're supposed to have. Right. And did you find people were like, oh my gosh, you're a stay at home dad. How noble of you. How like, and did, did they, did they add a boy you more than they would have as so your wife did, stayed home? It would have been we, more expected. Like we oh, didn't yeah, end up doing that. So mm -hmm. we didn't like we quickly changed and we, we actually had hurricane Katrina hit us. We were in Mississippi wow. um, and we ended up leaving our jobs and things turned around. I finished my doctorate, got a job at university, like things happened, but it was really cool mm -hmm. to see God's hand in each little piece of the story because I have a cousin who did, he stayed home mm -hmm. because his wife had degrees and he didn't. Mm -hmm. And he was ridiculed by people and, and put down all the time for making mm -hmm. that choice, which shows that stereotypes that kind of still right. live on. Yeah. Because every family needs to figure that out. We were, we were trying twice at different points to figure that out with in wisdom as a husband and wife, she can make more money in her field as a paralegal than I could in Christian higher education. Mm -hmm. and so it made no sense. And then health, mm -hmm. but to see that God's hand through decisions we made uh, has made us into the family. All right. We've been homeschooling for, I think we're starting our 11th year wow. and lived in multiple different places and done some amazing things and my health better than it's ever been. Um, but it's also, I'd say I'd credit that to our marriage is kind of what protects from some of the, the higher stress, if you will. Sure. And so you Without that foundation, you. it's you're susceptible to being swayed. Yeah. Yeah. Much more, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Neat. And your website, just so the, the growing bed.com, the growing yes. bed.com. Yeah. yeah. So people interested in your book can go to, I'm assuming Amazon as well. Yeah. All the places you would normally yeah. find books. Um, the beauty of going to the growing bed.com is then I can sign it to, you know, Sally or Johnny or Timmy, or I can customize it and, and write a little note to them in there. So, but if you needed it in two days, you could go to good old Amazon. They'll take care of you. I know we, last week we were at Boy Scout camp, this picture behind me and mm -hmm. they were laughing at how Amazon delivery way up in these 4,500 feet up was still only about four days or two weeks. They actually, yeah. That's either four days or two weeks. Like, right. Right. These weeks. days we're lucky to get it within a month. Right. Yeah, Supply but even up there, how they could get it, I would say never Amazon delivery, but then we saw the, the UPS truck truck drive up. So well so oil machine, that one, isn't it? Yes. That's where like books like yours, the goal, and this is what I've I we did as a couple with our kids was we had these little shelves and sometimes in multiple, like in their bedroom and the hallway and you know, living room, and we would rotate the books that were on those shelves. Mm. And we would have books like this on that mm -hmm. shelf intentionally. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and when there was an issue, we had that one somewhere easily accessible. And as they got more shelves and more books, we, we rotated things through so that books like this would come up and conversations come up. So we were kind of helping tailor those conversations right. um, about the gender and sexuality stuff, about the Bible, about um, sleep, um, mm. nutrition, health, all those kind of things, loving your friend, loving someone that's different than you, all those right. things. I got a chance to read, because my son does know the book is about him, uh, and I got a chance to read it at his old preschool oh, and cool. the his old preschool teacher said, well, what time of the year would you like to come in Mrs. Linney to read the book? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I think uh, right before the spring break or the Christmas break, right before a break where children are prone to go on vacation and sleep in hotels or go spend time with grandma and grandpa or something at a home that's not their regular home. So I like the way that you would kind of strategically place books in their little reading nook based on either conversations you wanted to have, but you wanted them to, to initiate it almost in a way. Yes, like exactly. That, as parents can be tricky like that, can't we? So you're you like, do. so I'm just going to put this book here and then you're going to go, oh, what's that book? And then you swoop in and you have the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a good, um, it was a good chance to, to read the book to the kids uh, before they went away. That's a great strategy there too. I yeah. know now that I have teenagers, it's a different story. They read all these books for school that they're just like, why? Mm -hmm. and helping them see why, even though I wouldn't read half of them, but my wife loves literature. But then sticking in other books, like, hey, I want you to read this one. I know some families I, I work with, they give rewards for, like as a teenager, if you read this book, mm -hmm. then you'll get you know, 50 bucks or sure. you go on, you know, go bowling or, um, but finding your kids economy to introduce them to different um, either concepts or ideas um, to expand because we quickly just tend to narrow down to a certain genre sure. if you will sure we all do oh yeah I have a book club um, I go by Becky with some of my childhood friends and there's Becky's book club and we meet every other month because no one has time for anything every month you know <laughs> as as working women and adults so I try to change up the genres of the books, you know, mm -hmm. not just the mm -hmm. normal murder mysteries or the romance novels. And every time I do, and I think I'm like, oh, I'm going to expand our horizons. Everyone's like, we read the book, but we want to stick with what we like, which is the murder mysteries and the romance. Oh, interesting. interesting. <laughs> They're like, you you keep trying to make us better and we don't want to be better. We just want to read a funny, lighthearted book. We don't have to think about it. I'm like, That's okay, funny. I tried. That's <laughs> funny. My wife's a part of some online book clubs and a couple of in-person ones. She just loves literature and it's neat to see. Mm. Um, I can't think of a single book she's picked up in the last year that I would touch. Yeah. And it's funny. I look so at my good. husband's books too. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound exciting. But. Mine are all counseling books. So that's, mine are all relating to people and their problems and trauma. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the neat thing about who we all are and our kids too, is they are growing up with certain um, directions that they're going to be attracted to or desire to learn sure. more about, but even they don't know. So part mm -hmm. of our job is part of the whole school. Lots of my teenage clients, I hate school. Why do they make us read that? And it's like, the reason why it's required is because you wouldn't pick it otherwise. <laughs> right. Right. So they're trying to expose you to a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. And then you do with it what you please. Right. See how in a room of even 
a handful of kids, some love it, some hate it, some are in, mm-hmm. indifferent. Mm-hmm. So that's and neat. it's funny that ones that even that even the books they hate, they still think about for a long time. You know, we always remember those um, the books that we had to get through because we had to read them. I remember when I was in school, it was where the bread fern grows and Fahrenheit 451 and looking backward and all those books that we hated reading at the time, but yet we're all still talking about them. We all still remember them. So there's a book I use in my marriage counseling class that, that Mm -hmm. every student pretty much hates. Mm -hmm. And I've been using it for, uh, this will be my 18th year using it because they hate it because it's so poorly written (laughs) <laughs> and she actually misuses scripture in different places in it, oh, gosh. but they remember it because it's not just, okay, I've heard that before in a sermon and I move on mm-hmm. and they forget. They remember it because it was so not well done, but in the end they go, but she's more right than wrong. Mm-hmm. And they actually end up talking about it years later. I still have students from over 10 years ago that are like talking about that book. It's like, that's why I picked it is yes. it messes I, with you. You're like, I, I actually know what I'm doing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, like you've, this book you've written, um, the, the growing bed is it's a tool that you found that worked for you. You're basically gifting to people. Like if this can work for you, please grab onto this book. Cause this could change your, your sleep routines and your habits as a family. And so that's what I love about that is it's a tool that some people are dying to find. Hmm. If this doesn't work for you, move on. Nothing to see here. Right. Something different. Right. But try it. If it works, exactly. it's a game changer. It's a <laughs> yeah, it is. So thank and, you. And for if you oh my pleasure. And if if they're anything like me, again, I tried everything. I tried so many things. So what's an extra fifteen bucks on a book if it could work, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a way better than a lottery ticket. And make sure when you, if you do purchase on Amazon, give a review. Um, the, the way that others can help you is by sharing, if this really worked for you, share about it, talk about it, um, because that helps get that tool out. That's the goal. The goal isn't yeah. sales. The goal isn't money. The goal is right. change Sleeping lives. Families. Yeah, families exactly. that actually don't want to wring yeah. each other's neck. <laughs> exactly. I have a friend, she's a realtor and she makes little gift boxes or gift bags or whatever for clients as they buy a new home. And she puts this book in that gift basket. Oh, I love that. Because like I said, even the best sleeper will regress mm-hmm. under a new situation, you know, and a new home is a big deal. It's That's a new an awesome room. idea. Yeah. It might not even be a new bed, but it's a new room. It's a new neighborhood. It's a new, a lot of things. So um, you new know, sounds, it's good, new lights. Yeah. It's yeah. So that's a great idea. Benefit from it. And nannies, aunts and uncles. So. Oh, what a great partnership there with. A real I know. Person. I thought it was very, very nice way to show support. Nice. That's neat. So <laughs> the growing bed.com. Perfect. Well, Rebecca, thank you for spending some time with me on this podcast and talking through what you're doing and uh, looking forward to seeing what other ideas from your own I call my kids my experiments so your experiment <laughs> um you can use some of that to help other people because that's the goal is to help other people absolutely thank absolutely. you for coming on well thank you and uh if you need anything just let me know I'll send some books your way sounds great thank you thank you 
Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at BookDrG.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world.